Welcome everybody to the Bill House Podcast. The Bill House Podcast. The Bill House Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz, Robbie, Villanueva, alongside the beautiful... Ollie Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. Let's get the show started. So you guys are in San Angelo? Yeah, man. Uh, Goodfellow Air Force Base. Beautiful How San Angelo. Uh, it's actually not too bad, man. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it because of their first time here, and they're usually younger, and there's not much of uh, not much to do when you're young out here. Right. Uh, but like coming back and with the family and everything, it's been great. But uh, just ready to I'm move. Not, I'll actually be up there Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. In San Angelo, we're building. Yeah, we're building. Uh, we're my company builds. We're we're building an FBO at Mathis Field. I don't know what an FBO is. It's a. Uh, it's basically like a. I forget what it stands for, but FBOs are like. Uh, they're like private pilot garages. Oh, nice. So it have like a, a terminal building for you know private pilots to go in there and and make a snack in the kitchen or uh set up their set up their flight plans in the offices and a little lounge area for for their guests to kind of hang out in make phone calls have internet this that and the other and then take off and then uh you know those that are fancy can park their planes inside the hangar that's pretty fancy it's called a fixed base operator fixed base operator you gotta be really that's rich. it but be really rich to get it. one <laughs> but a private dude there's a lot of money here in san angelo so it's probably for one of them rich guys uh yeah they are they're some wealthy folks they're some wealthy <laughs> folks because we don't we don't build cheap buildings so so when you say your company is it like your company or just the company that no no the company i work for oh all right so it's construction Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You, you guys like specialize in those buildings, or it's any general construction? No, this will be my first one. This will be my first one. Uh, so I've built, I've built. Goya Foods has a massive, like three quarter, three quarter of a million square foot building in Brookshire. I built that. Well, I didn't physically build it, but my company built that. I was the the project manager there. Uh, did a big freezer, uh, and then right now I'm doing doing about 130,000 square feet out in out in Waller for a panel manufacturer. So, so you, so you throwing. travel quite a bit, huh? Yeah, got a nice little gig once I got out and stuck with it, man. Oh, so you went straight into this right after you left uh, the Air Force? I did. I did. Did you did you leave right after BMT, or did you go to another duty station and then get out? No, no, I I was done. Chris was like, "Hey, we're we're done. We're, <laughs> we're done." Well, so I got I I got my you know I got notice noticed where they that I was going. I hadn't received any orders yet. Yeah, but because they wouldn't release my orders until either re I had to I had to reenlist in BMT. That was going to be my first reenlistment. Oh no shit. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah. So I did an extension to go to BMT on my first enlistment, and then I was going to have to re-enlist to get my orders. And I remember, I remember the commander was like, "Hey, I need you to re-enlist because we need you to re-enlist." And I was <laughs> like, "Well, 
that all depends on where do they, where's the Air Force want me to go? And they're like, oh, Whiteman Air Force Base. And I said, nah, I'm done. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I really I really got, like, selfish at the end. What do you mean? There was no more, you know, it was it was more self before service than service before oh, self. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, well, I mean, I mean BM, that, BMT will do it to you. That kicked our ass. Yeah. It was rough, man. You know what's what's crazy, like, Going through it, it was painful, it, it, even though it was like a badass job because you got a, a lot of satisfaction from it. But like we started feeling the after effects once we left BMT. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of weird if that makes any sense. Uh, I, well, I don't I don't know what your after effects were. Mine weren't too bad. But you uh, left the military. <laughs> Yeah, I just straight up pulled Choxums out. I was like, hey, I'm done. I got yeah. out February. I signed out of Lackland February 13th. I started working February 15th. Oh, shit. Down in, down in Houston. And uh, I haven't shaved since. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. I can't wait to grow out a beard. It probably won't it's, look as good as yours, but. No, this is, this is you know, and what sucks is like it was like nice. And it, I kept it like one length all the way around and. It was all the same color as the hair, and uh, I don't know what happened. Like in the last seven years, it just started turning white. I mean, it's got a ton of freaking. I'm like an old man now. The job's stressing you out, man. <laughs> it is stressful. It is stressful. But what did it do? What like what was it like going back to 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 normal operational Air Force? It was tough, man, because. Uh... So the expectation is just be high speed the entire time, and uh, you just want to constantly be moving. Cause, I mean, you know, as soon as we got up, like we were we were going from zero four what thirty zero four forty five when we woke the trainees up full speed. Uh, when I got to my next unit, it was so fucking relaxed, man. I was like driving people nuts until I could finally settle in. Cause it's like <laughs> we didn't show up to work until uh, seven thirty zero eight. And then from there, you're just kind of like checking email and just doing your thing, drinking some coffee uh, until you can actually start getting to work or head to the next meeting. And I'm like, it's 730. Like, we're supposed yeah. to be moving. Where are we going? What's next? Uh, we don't have no stand-up meetings. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and people were just like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> so it, it was rough to I go back to I bet your wife was sitting there going, take a chill pill. No, no, no just so she's high speed too. But. Yeah, um, we were like very different when we left. So when we left BMT, um, I will say like one, it was super hard on our family, just like BMT in general. But like having him back all the time was super hard for us. Like to just get back in the swing of like, oh shit, he's here all the time for everything. Um, <laughs> Can't make all the decisions <laughs> on our own anymore. <laughs> um, but I go to work. <laughs> but I went to AFSOC, so mine was still like pretty high speed, and he went to like a unit that really didn't have a mission except like once a quarter when they went TDY. So he literally had no job from like BMT to literally nothing for eight hours a day. So. It was a big culture shock for him, and everyone's a piece of shit operationally. So he yeah. got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody, but it's just, I don't know, it's a different mindset for sure. And then it's a lot more where BMT, you're constantly moving and working out, and like so your body doesn't get any rest, where the job that we were doing was kind of sit-at-your-desk type deal, and it felt more like just admin work rather than actually uh, getting in the swing of things and marching. All, all that stuff. 
I got, dude. I was so I was scared. I was I was really scared, dude. To because I was I was down. Like, hey, if you want to go one more base, let's go one more base. But I was scared because I got the BMT as a senior airman. Yeah. And I was gonna leave as a tech. And so I was like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Just lead, man. That's I went. It. I went from being a, a a senior airman in the shop who you know who who was dodging work like, hey, let's go sweep the shop on a Friday and then we can go home. To now I'm gonna be in charge of the shop. And I was like, I don't even know how to do my job anymore. So I was like, I can't do this. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go do something else. So, what was your actual job? I was a three E O X two, which was electrical power production. Oof. So I was, I was in CE. It was a uh, we were CE squadron, and we basically did generator maintenance on the base. So every you know every mission critical building had a generator. All mission critical infrastructure had generators, and then we had a bunch of mobile generators. So anytime we anytime we did uh, anytime we did like exercises or anything. We'd go out there like four days before the exercise, get all the generators primed up, ready to go, make sure, you know, get out there with CE, make sure that all the the exercise infrastructure was going to work. And then we exercised out of our own shop. So it was kind of nice. We didn't have to go and play, uh, you know, play in the field. We just kind of hung out at our shop because that's where our, our command center for the base was set up. Where were you at before you got to BMT? <clears throat> oh man, it was I, the Air Force did me good, man. I left tech school. I went to uh, Wichita Falls for tech school, and then I had a nice three-hour drive to Abilene to Dias Air Force Base. Uh, so you never left Texas? Nah, that's not true. That's oh, not true. You deployed, well, didn't you? I was never stationed. I was never stationed outside of Texas. But yeah, I uh, I definitely made a big circle. So started in at Lackland and ended at Lackland and. Really never left Texas. Got to go around the, the perimeter of it. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, um, I did spend I did spend six months in the desert. So yeah, in Iraq, know, was, right? I got to yeah, I really got to serve my country. Um, but we we kind of had the same deal. I didn't have, like our mission was there, but it wasn't there. So we were we did so my my job split into like two pieces, right? We got barrier maintenance, and I don't know if you can see me. I'll turn on the light if it'll work. Yeah, barely. It's all good. Uh, but we did, we did generator maintenance and then we did barrier maintenance because it had like a little engine on this thing. And I guess the air force was like, well, who's going to take care of this thing? And they're like, give it to power pro. They know what they're doing. And so that was our job. But, uh, on the flight line, you know, all the fighter planes have, uh, they have a means of, of landing in a, like a crash landing. And so we would do. Just like the Navy on the ships, they have the cable that runs across the runway. Yep. The Air Force has their own apparatus that has a cable, and your your F-15s, F-16s, um, and then you know all your joint operational aircraft that have tail hooks can take it. And so we were, I was in Iraq at Al Assad, supporting F-18 Hornets for the mm. Navy. And, uh, that was, that was, a, that was a fun time, you know, it was my first deployment and, uh, it was like firefighter shifts. If you could imagine, I mean, we were like working, there were six of us. And so we split the shop up in two and we just worked 24 hour shifts. Oh my God. 
that's rough. But it, well, it, you say that, but you know, our housing units were connected to our shop, and oh, okay. so uh, you know, I literally would walk out of my door, walk down the the covered patio, and walk into the office, and then I was at work, so it wasn't too bad. And we just hung out. So on my days off, if there wasn't, you know, I didn't have to get up at the butt crack of dawn and and answer the crash phone and didn't have to go out and do the daily maintenance but that was i mean that was really it so we you know we we did uh we did move some move the units around so that was kind of like a two weeks worth of work that was every day you know we pulled a 12-hour shift and just busted our ass to get it installed and get it right but other than that working 24s was great it was like 24 on 24 off 24 on 24 off and i was always at work so it really didn't matter yeah um but then syria i guess they went to that navy unit got tasked to forward deploy to syria and we were out there doing maintenance one morning me and the other the other airmen in the shop and uh they called us off like they were like back up get off the flight line 200 feet so we backed up off the flight line and then all they had five i remember they had five f-18s and all five of them jokers like gone and then here came a c5 and so we were like well that was awesome that was cool we never seen all five of them leave and then a c5 leave right after them and then uh the next thing i know they never came back and so (laughs) we were like okay and so i asked our commander i said hey what's going on he goes oh well they went they forward deployed to syria they're not coming back, so you guys are really now just like a, a backup base to a backup base. So, well, damn. So you weren't doing shit after that. <laughs> it, no, like, it, and it was like the time. I mean, Iraq was drawing down at the time. I remember they started closing the base, and uh, you know, food was the the food at the defac like started off really good. I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy that, you know, I'm glad I, I made the right choice. I went to the right recruiter's office, <laughs> even though I'm in the desert, you know, we're, you know, we're eating good. And then we'd have hot dogs for lunch and then we'd have spaghetti for dinner. And our French bread for the spaghetti wasn't French bread anymore. It was now like buttered stale hot dog buns. And I was like, <laughs> this is starting to suck. So it's like, this ain't the fucking army. Give them us some real food. And that's right, man. That's right. Damn. So. Uh, so as soon as you got back, is that when you volunteered to, to go to it BMT? Was, it wasn't. It wasn't very long. I remember because uh, when I I got back, well, Kristen and I got married uh, about thirty or not even. We got married December fourth. I left. I landed in country on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and so we didn't get a honeymoon. She stayed at home with her parents until I got back, and then she when i was coming about a week before i got back and she went and got it all her and her mom and my mom went up there and got the apartment all set up with all her stuff and uh we were probably there for six months and i i saw I, you know i was like i gotta get out of abilene how the hell am i gonna get out of abilene <laughs> tired of being here don't like the people don't like the place let's go and uh one day i just saw on on the you know the little air force portal deal yeah, it was like sign up for BMT, and I was like, I could do that. <laughs> oh, look, they're taking senior airmen, and I said, click, submitted it, and then I got an email about a package. So I took my photos and my blues, and I was still wearing like my BMT blues. Yeah, but I'd packed on, I'd packed on like forty pounds in the desert, 
Damn. And so, every, like, you know, the, like, big, like belly or muscle? No, just I, well. When I got a basic training, I weighed a buck forty. And so, damn, you were tiny. Dog. I was, I was small, man. I was real small out of basic, and uh, I weighed. You know, this was this was like year three, and so. I was in CE. We never wore our blues ever. So they always stayed in the closet. And uh, they were like, you need a picture in your blues, short sleeve, all your ribbons and accoutrements on. And so I got all dressed up, got a fresh haircut. And I was like, all right, Buttons, listen up. Y'all are the hardest working piece (laughs) of equipment in the Air Force. I need y'all to stay button. I'm sucking in and, you know, like trying not to. I'll never forget. I remember the photo. My face is like bright red because I'm trying to hold my breath. and suck in my gut. And my shirt's about to explode and rip off of me. It was terrible. I look so dumb. So dumb. And I was like, there's no way. No way I'm getting in. Right? There's no way that that I'm going to get this job. And so I got an email about three weeks later, and it's like, you've been selected. And I was like, sucks to be all. I'm out. You motherfucker. <laughs> Man, because I, uh, I kind of did the same thing. I wasn't as big, though, <laughs> or at least I didn't feel like that. And I took the picture of my blues, sent them in, sent in the application and all that. And then I get a call from, I guess, the head recruiter out there, uh, a master sergeant. And he's like, hey, we got your application. Everything <clears throat> looks good. Uh, but I'm looking at, at a picture of you and your blues, and uh, – you look a little a little thick around the waist, so you're gonna need to lose some pounds before you get over here. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, okay, sure, um, but I wasn't even that fat. Like, I was in pretty good shape. I remember that yeah. phone call. I was like, how'd the phone call go? And you was like, they called me fat. Yeah, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and I just ran. I just came across those pictures a few weeks ago, and looking at them, I was like, yeah, I definitely wasn't fat, man. Like, if I put on blues now, it, you could see the gut. But back then, uh, I, I don't know what the hell he was saying. Just, I guess, higher expectations, which it was, but still. I, I got there, and I saw some of the people that are there. I was like, oh, this is some bullshit. Yeah, like the caliber of MTIs when we first got there to, like, marching the bomb run when we were leaving was drastically different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 110%. I mean, 110%. Every, everything was different when we left, man. It was like, I tell people all the time, it was like night and day from when I got there in 2012 to when I left in 2016. Uh, with everything that happened, it was just knee-jerk reactions to everything, and it just completely changed. Well, it's crazy because I look at it, and it it rem- it, it so reminds me. So, like, 2012 to 2016 is, is, is the same time that I was there. Yep. And... So 2016, it was like the, I don't know. I don't know what the best way to describe it, but it was like the, it was like they did everything that they could to soften the whole Air Force experience. Yes. And it it's just the, the military is a predecessor to what really goes on in the world. Like in, in our social structure as Americans, yeah. like, they're 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 actually leading the front like it the changes that happen in the air force are the same changes that we're going through right now in the country and it you know they were doing it six six years early yeah so uh, it just you know we went from such a hardened a hardened post 9-11 america to such a hardened post 9-11 air force 
And then the Air Force finally said, okay, you know, the standards started getting smaller and smaller. Or actually the standards probably, I don't know, but the standards probably got tighter and tighter because they don't need the bodies. Yeah. You know, post 9-11, they're like, oh, you're breathing and you have a pulse. Come on, we'll make you an airman. (laughs) Now they're like, well, you know, uh, I saw you eat a donut at lunch, so we don't don't need those types of people. Um, but you know, basic training was a freaking washing machine of emotional, just, Oh my God, you it was a mine. disaster. Uh, just, uh, because we started around the same time. I got there in, uh, April of 2012. When, when'd you get there? I think you and I showed up to, to the 326 at the same time. Yeah. But you were already there for a little bit, for a little while, weren't you? Like before that, before you went to the 326? No, I was I got I got attached to the three twenty six and I was there. Oh, okay. Um, and it was I you know that 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 front part was kind of a blur just because I got there I hadn't been to Airman Leadership School yet, so they were like, well, you can't go to MTIS until you go to Airman Leadership School. So they made me go to Airman Leadership School, which I got lucky because they were starting a class like a like two weeks from when I got there. Yeah. Um, so they were like, well, what are we going to do with a senior airman who can't do anything for two weeks? (laughs) So they had, you know, they had one of those dirt bag instructors that were up at the, the jail and they're like, Hey, we need you to go, go over to vehicle ops and check out a truck. And we need you to drive over to the jail, pick homeboy up. (laughs) And he's got a bunch of, he's got a bunch of doctor's appointments. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, three questions. Where's the vehicle ops? where's the jail and where are these doctor's appointments at? Uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Sergeant Bell was like, you'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. Uh, That's exactly how everything was. (laughs) So I found out where vehicle ops was, got that, found out where the jail was. And they were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even know this guy's (laughs) name. Here's a file. I got to take him to a couple doctor's appointments and, they're like, all right. So I, I forget the guy's name. It wasn't. It wasn't the. I don't want to. I don't want to name any names yeah, or yeah. anything. But uh, it wasn't one of like the main ones. Yep. But this guy was like, he reminded me of like Private Pile from. It might have been the same one that I, that I took. Full, it probably was because yeah. he had like a doctor's appointment every day, and I just never forget. They had him like full shackles, like like he was like a convicted felon con. Yep. That you know was like a flight risk or something. And uh, all of his appointments, like one appointment was on the fifth floor on one end of the hospital. And then his next appointment was on in the basement on the other end of the hospital. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to have to take bigger steps or something. Bro. Like, <laughs> I'm going to need you to you short choppy step this thing. Come on, let's go. <laughs> That's yeah. just, it was so weird. Yeah, I think so it was the weird. same one that I took. And uh, so I was asking the same questions, but I also asked, I was like, why the fuck are we taking them? Like. He's locked up. He's in jail. Why? Why is he getting his appointments in there? I know. But yeah, I guess whatever squadron they come from, there that squadron is responsible for the care and feeding of them outside. I think there's just too much at one like at that particular time for security forces to actually do all of it. Because normally they would like take them back and forth, like escort them and stuff. But there's just so many people in mass in that one. But I mean, their security tech or security forces tech school right there have Thank their God, no, casuals. Man. Somebody straight out of basic them. training go escort. <laughs> Shit. OJT. It'd have been perfect OJT for him. Right. OJT. So. 
Yeah, but BMT was just a, a crazy roller coaster ride of, of emotions. Um, dude, when I first got there, they fucking they just treated us like shit. Like I went to CQ uh, my first day just to like in process or whatever, and uh, man, uh, yeah, I won't say his name. So he gave me one of the the flags uh, to change out in the the flagpole. He's like, hey, here, take this and go change the flags out because it's red flag or whatever. So I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> He's, I was like, where's the? What am I supposed to do? Where's the flagpole? And exact same thing. Sergeant Bell told you. He's like, you'll figure it out. Just go do it. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there I go, fucking walking around, lost like a fucking brand new airman. But at least you were an NCO. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel that way. You know, at least you were an NCO. I was a senior airman, so I definitely felt like everybody was like, "Why are you here?" You know, and it it wasn't. And as bad as it, as as bad as it sounds, is uh, I remember, uh, God, I can't, I couldn't even remember his name, but he was short, short dude. Um, he drove that Cadillac, and he lived in my neighborhood, the same neighborhood that I lived in. Yeah. But he was like dogging on me all day, every day for being down there as a senior. I mean, he's like, you da, 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 da. and then I remember it was like the first day I had to wear blues. Yeah. And so I had all my, all my accoutrements and everything on and that kind of shut him up a little bit. He was like, Oh, you deployed. Oh, you know, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> wait, way to be a dental tech buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, that, that felt a little, that felt a little bit better. You know, I, I think that day I kind of I got I got like a small I'm not talking a lot it wasn't a lot but you know they at least let me have a glass of water in the defect that day. Oh my gosh! Uh, when you you were already in training status? Uh no, this was like this was like I don't know it might have been it might have been whenever I had like my first flight. Okay. Uh, I couldn't remember which which trainer I had. I had so many. <laughs> Every trainer I got got in trouble for something else, and so they'd be like, "All right, well, your trainer's not here today, and they won't be back for the foreseeable future." So, uh, oh yeah, we're gonna give you so and so. And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, I went through a couple, <clears throat> uh, a couple of them, like two or three, before I ended up with uh, Sergeant Barry. He's a, he's a chief now out in Dias. If he's still Is there, he? yeah. Sergeant Barry was a cool dude. Ah, uh, for you, he was my trainer, man, and he made my life hell. Oh, he was my trainer at, at, cause it was, who was it? It was, I got stuck with Sergeant Rutledge. Ooh. And, oh, uh, I remember her, that. Oh, she's the one that just kicked your I ass. Lesson, I threw my lesson plans at her. Yeah. I remember we that. We were doing something and I said, she, I was about to, about to teach. And I mean, the whole flight was inside the classroom and I was about to give a briefing and, uh, she was like, grab your shit, get outside. And I was like, I was like, I remember, I'll never forget. I grabbed all my lesson plans. I walked outside and she like flipped me up to the position of attention and she was a technical sergeant and I was just a senior airman. And she started ripping me one side and down the other, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I've had it. I, like, it's not worth it, right? Yeah. What little bit of pride I have left is going to, I'm going to hold on to right now. And so she, she like, she like put my lesson, had me put my lesson plans down and uh, she made me open them up, and she started ripping me for something, moving too slow or whatever. And I was like, I finally was like, all right, enough's enough. So I grabbed my lesson plans, and I just fucking threw them across the, you know, underneath the, 
the training area and she yeah. was like excuse me and i said i've had it like you can't do you can't treat me like this anymore right you rip me out in front of a flight you berate me in front of these kids that now have zero respect for my authority i was like this is this is this isn't gonna work and so you know she kind of i think she finally felt like i think they wait until you get to that point yeah and then they're like okay let's actually train. So then she started doing a good job. She got in trouble for something else that happened over at the three thirty first. She disappeared. Yep. Then they gave me Sergeant Hollering and that dude, he was, that was the best time I had. And then he got in trouble for something. <laughs> and then it was, it was a they were like, here's, here's Sergeant Barry and Sergeant Barry and me. Like we just jive, man. It was like, go, 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 go. No shit. <clears throat> yeah. I'll never forget. Cause did you ever feel like you weren't allowed to eat. I wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't a feeling. You weren't allowed to eat. And I tell this story to everybody. It's like, because one of the things they tell you in MTI school and before you get to, to training is like, hey, just make sure that you take the time to eat so you have energy for all the other shit that you're going to go through. So I was like, cool. That very first day uh, after pushing the flight through and getting them through chow and all the other shit, I got my plate and I went to go sit down at the table to eat. And as soon as I sat down, hey, sir, uh, your trainee's over there uh, messing up. Go correct them. Got it, sir. On the way. Boom. Yell at the trainee, correct them, come back. Pick up my fork and then, hey, sir, you got another one that's over there. Okay. Third time. Hey, sir. I was like, okay, I see how the game's played here. <laughs> so I went to go throw my tray. And uh, after that, I, like, I never went to go sit down. And, of course, the trainers are not going to tell you, like, hey, make sure you eat something. Uh, that they're tr- basically trying to break you, and uh, I would I would uh, take those uh, protein bars that they had that nobody was supposed to grab when we started, and, and I pocket them. Yeah, yeah, and I would I would hide in the bathroom stall, eat one, and then go back to doing business. <laughs> Dude, I lost forty fucking pounds in training status, and it wasn't healthy pounds. It was because I never got to eat, and we were just full speed the entire time. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah. So the same, the same BMT blues that I could barely fit into at the beginning of training were perfect. Once again, <laughs> same thing. The 40 pounds I put on in the desert, yep. they were gone, gone. But I remember Sergeant Barry, because by that time he was, I was on, I, th- I think I picked up Sergeant Barry like my, my zero week of my third zero to eight or zero. Well, my, it was going to be my full flight, my zero to eight. Okay. And it was just by that time, it was like the same thing, right? Like, hey, grab a cup, you know, grab a glass of water, chug it, smash a protein bar and don't even chew it. Just swallow it, get it down and and make it work. And uh, I was going, going, going. It was like day three of of zero week. And we were in the flight office and we had about 10, you know, we had about 15 minutes uh, they were in like a commander's briefing or something. I don't remember what they were doing, but we had like some time and he's like, all right, let's go upstairs and, and work on something. And we get up there and I, I don't know if he could like see it in my face or, or what, but, and it was middle of summer, you know, it was probably black flag. I was in my second uniform for the day. And he was like, you know what? Forget this. Let's go downstairs. And we went through the defect line. He was like, you will eat lunch every single day. Yeah. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will eat lunch. And I said, am I going to get to eat lunch or am I going to get, like, am, are y'all going to make me feel like shit for 
for for eating lunch and he was like no you're gonna eat lunch because i'm gonna eat lunch and i didn't even it didn't even click but if i was up moving around making corrections in and out in and out he was 10 steps behind me the whole time yeah you know so he wasn't eating and it was starting to affect him and he was like i can't do this anymore yeah (laughs) i need to eat so that's when like i had like the utmost respect for sergeant barry because of that um so it was it was really good yeah he was uh he was the one trainer that didn't haze me. Um, everybody else did, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, I never got like the run your your LPs up the flagpole or whatever and all that other bullshit. Uh, but dude, he he just he drove me uh, pretty much into the ground, man. And what I will say, like Sar Barry, what he, what he was really good at is like just like you were saying is he was training you. Like he would actually take the time to explain to you and uh, make corrections on you and let you know what you needed to know to fix where whatever it is you were shitty at or what you were doing wrong. So it wasn't just like, ah, you suck, move on. It was actually training going on. He was he was a he was he was definitely a, a blue rope. Like yeah, he was good at he he was good at that job. He was good at what he did, yep. and. uh I I definitely definitely appreciated everything that he always he always taught me. So he was like I said, he's he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he was he was awesome. But I, I'm not gonna lie when when I was done with training status and and I graduated that flight and he moved on, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you know what the best part? Like my favorite part of that whole experience, like especially just being like a trainer. Or a train, I don't even know, a student instructor, right? I guess that's what we were, our technical title was. Was the fact that, like, you and I would, like, lock eyes with each other and be like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you have that mental communication that's like, this this is fucking terrible. Are are you hurting as much as I am? Yes. All right. Are you tired? Yes. This this sucks. Did they ever pull the... Holly. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Holly has a very, very special place in my Air Force career heart. So do you remember? Oh, no. I don't even remember <laughs> that we had a, we had a commander. I don't, I don't remember how it went down, but it was, it was like, I think it was, I think it was like, Oh shit. When I told you you made staff. Staff. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Cause they put we, all I, of like, you guys I, in formation for change of command. So you couldn't find out if you made it. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we all got sent over to the reception center or wherever we were at. And I hadn't been on a, you know, I probably hadn't stuck my cat card in a computer in like four weeks. <laughs> like I, I have, didn't know, like no emails, no clue, anything. And so I'm just like off in La La Land getting beat to, you know, into submission. And uh, I took my test and luckily I got the test. Like I graduated ALS and then took my test. And then I didn't even test in my career field. So I only took the Air Force side of the test. And uh, there were six, six, six senior airmen in our group that were testing for staff. And I was number two. So nice. I was like, fuck yeah, this is badass, you know? So then I had to wait, you know, I had to wait like 17 months to sew on. But, <laughs> uh but yeah, it was cool because like I was like, I remember we were sitting there and it was like both of us, neither one of us could talk to each other because we we're you know we're talking like this, <laughs> yeah. 
And so uh, I don't remember my wife was up there or something. And they were like, oh, I remember it was uh, Hicks. Hicks was like, you will be at this building at this time. And I was like, but I got a flight that I got to. He was like, no, you're going to be at the building. And I said, okay. And so him and I both made it that day. But I'll just, I'll never forget. I was like, you you texted me. I think we were at Chapel O or something. And you were texting Holly. And you were like, hey, check this out. And she, I was like, no way. There's no way that I made it. No way. It's my first time. I was like, there's no way. First, And that was like the first time I actually tested for staff. Nice. And uh, sure enough, I was like, make her take a picture and send it to you. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't even remember that, man. But there's there's a lot that I don't remember from BMT. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. No, it was it was it was cool. The same thing happened. What year did you make it? That would have been. Uh, it was 2012. Yeah. Should have said when I made it. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think Maybe. so. Maybe did we make it the same year? <laughs> I think so. Maybe, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, you went to ALS that year, I think. I went, yeah, I went to ALS. Well, because Elena was born in January, and I went to ALS super pregnant. Yeah. Super pregnant, yeah. And I went to ALS before... Um, Pinning on? Before I sewed so, on. Yeah, yeah, so it was the same year y'all made it. Yeah. Dang. Look at us go. Because I got, I got to BMT... When was it? I got to BMT in April. And so... I think I was like the the May May June ALS class. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense because I, I rem shit. So we both got there at the same time because I got there in April. We got there in April, right? May. Oh, in May. May. All right. So yeah. in May, because I, I spent a little bit of time at the three twenty six before actually going into MTIS, and then after I got back from MTIS, I think it's when. You and I were, were we pushing together for a little bit? No, or was I think that he was already out of um, MTIS when you went. Yeah, I don't know. It all gets mixed up. Because I, I graduated MTIS, what was it, July? I think it was July 13th. Yeah, and you graduated in like September. Because you were there for a long time. No, I, I graduated, I think I was a class after you. I think you were because I remember it was you, it was you and me. Sergeant Rogier, yeah, and Sergeant Rutledge, and then I got Sergeant Hollerin, and then because we were both in Section Two. No, uh -uh, I was I was Section One. That's right. You were with Mass Sergeant Lorer. Yep. You were in Section One, but we were pushing. We were pushing flights out of. We danced all over the place. I, yeah, we were, we were. I was section two. Then I went to section three with Sergeant Cantu. You were Master Sergeant Loretta. We were. I mean, it was just. It was just like, hey, this flight's coming in. Y'all are back in zero week. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah, that shit. Oh man, it it sucked, man. Pickup was pickup night was great when you were doing it by yourself, but when you're training on pickup night, it is fucking terrible. Because I don't know about you, but Sergeant Barry had me. Uh, he had me teaching basically every minute that we weren't doing something else when we weren't active with the flight or we weren't taking care of paperwork or whatever it is. Like I was teaching, like we drop off, we drop off, uh, uh, the students at, or the trainees at medical while we were waiting, I was teaching, but when we dropped them off at, at clothing, clothing sales, I was teaching 
Like, <laughs> there was this one time we had a uh, – there was a down day at the base for whatever reason, and they made us go home. He's like, nah, you're teaching. We can't be at the squadron, but you're going to teach. I was like, fuck. Oh, that's the day he made you go to his house, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't catch a break, man. I was te- – I mean, it made me a hell of a teach uh, uh, teacher, but um, teaching drill and all that. But it was just so much work. Hey, you still so, there? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. I was I was thinking because like I'm sitting here thinking I'm trying to I'm trying to reminisce, right? So I've 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 washed a lot of that out of my brain, but <laughs> yeah. it, it it's it's such a brain dump, you know. You gotta. Yeah. I I was I was gonna ask you for an ammo statement, but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> for, See if you could spit one out. Uh, for for a what? And an ammo, like an attention, motivation, the whole, the whole, oh, the shit. whole front page of, of every lesson, you know, all your, all your, oh, uh, dude, I, I can't, man. I, uh, it's weird. I've, I've done it a couple times, but it's, I don't know. I'm thinking about it too much. Uh, it, it, it was fun to say the least. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it was a good time. Right. Training sucked though, but it was a good time. Favorite thing to eat in the defect go. Uh, the French toast with the the bunch of like the syrup and uh, what is it like berries, strawberries, all that stuff, just covered in them. Couldn't eat that. Uh, I love that stuff. I was, I, I was gonna go straight up defat coffee at three thirty in the morning. Oh, Nothing better. That was great. Nothing better. Hey, did they ever pull that shit on you? The when you went to go do non duties and they just never showed up as a student. Like the other instructors? Yeah. yeah. So you're training instructor. So they're like, hey, we're going to do uh, non-dudes at 3.30. Uh, so be here at 3.15 or whatever so we can sign in and go in. Uh, so you're there at 3, 3.15 or whatever, and then the other instructor just doesn't show up. And then they show the up CQ's at – CQ's door still locked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they show up at 4.30. They're like, all right, time to go to roll call. It's like, what the fuck, man? You told me to be here at 3 so we can do non-dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I, they no, you know the only one that would have ever done that would have been Sergeant Rutledge, but she was a female, so oh. didn't it wouldn't have worked out. Sergeant Hollerman was like, "We ain't doing that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing that." He's like, "I'm gonna get my sleep." Sergeant Barry and I did a couple couple non duties, you yeah. know, but it it wasn't anything anything to write home about. It was like get in, get out. Uh, oh, we fucking caused some ruckus on non duties. And it was it was more or less like he told me it was like if you're gonna do it, get in there and get prepared for the day like do it on a big day like start waking your dorm chief up and your element leaders up and yeah. and you know get everybody ready for the day like you know we got a like our pt test or we had blues for the day or they were you know we had some big appointment that we had to step early for this that and the other he was like use it to your advantage don't just go in there and let them dudes sleep stay, stay away from them so um could you just like go to sleep anywhere anytime when you were ti uh no i couldn't i was i've never been the type of person that could just take in like i just i literally woke up at 7 30 from a nap earlier <laughs> but i was because it was on my couch with the air conditioner cranked down low and had the whole house darked out but like to go and you know on my lunch break go sit in the truck or drop a flight off and go sit in my truck and take us take a nap i was a smoker so i was more busy smoking cigarettes than i was <laughs> trying to trying to to catch some z's but i will say this they uh 
I didn't fall asleep, but I've passed out on the stairs a couple times. Just you know, sir, training so so report sorted. I forgot my 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 uh, I forgot my cat card or you know he forgot his something upstairs. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like I literally may, like mate like we've talked about this seven times, and I got to run my happy ass up back upstairs after I went to CQ to check out a key because you locked the dorm down. And I got to let your stupid ass in to go grab something that you should have had to begin with. And then, you know, we get to the top of the stairs and I'd be like looking all funny and then wake up on the floor and the dorm chief's like, I'm not waking them up. You wake them up. And I'd, just be <laughs> laid, I'd be like laid out in the middle of the, the stairwell, just like dead and be like, what's going on? And they were like, well, you just fell asleep. And I was like, I didn't fall asleep. I passed out. <laughs> so, what the fuck? That, that happened a couple times, you know, you get in the middle of those summers and I mean, we didn't have like the trains had canteens. Yeah. We were allowed to carry a water bottle, but could yeah. heaven help you if you actually carried a water yeah, bottle. Yeah, were we? You know. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was one of those you're allowed to, but don't do it. Yeah. You know, and there was a lot of that so, at BMT. <laughs> black flag, you know, the, the, you're, you're, you're sweating through a uniform and just, dead dead to the world man I, now i would come home holly and it would be like 10 o'clock i'd get home at 10 food in the microwave wife's in bed asleep and i'd fall asleep on the couch with my plate of food in my lap and my wife would wake up at like midnight and be like hey go take a shower <laughs> we couldn't bed. do anything just... like we would get in the car to drive because we lived at like 1604 in between marbach and Petrenko. And we'd be like in the car for five minutes to go to Walmart. He'd be asleep. Like, <laughs> like yeah. everywhere we went, if there was a moment where he wasn't moving, he was asleep. Yeah, we'd be having conversations. And in the middle of the conversation, I'm just like dozing off. <laughs> I can't I'm like, stay all right, awake. you're good. Go to sleep. <laughs> it, it was rough, man. I was struggling with sleep because we were doing what it was like 18 hour days. And I always went home. Like, even though they gave us permission to sleep in the dorms, I was like, nah, I'm going to sleep in my own bed. So I would take off home, and we'd wrap up, what, at 10 if we're lucky, after doing paperwork, after putting the trainees to bed. And then I'm waking up at 3 to be on time to, like, shower, get ready, shave, and all that stuff to be on time uh, at the squadron by 4.30 uh, for roll call. Oh, I was a master at, like – Getting up at because I lived I lived just the next exit down four ten so I live right there by that just south of base on on uh, at the Walmart. Okay, yeah, I know what you're and talking about. It was Ray Ellison Drive. Could you try again? Watch <laughs> talking to me, but I lived like right there at, at Ray Ellison, and so I could get to the Valley High Gate in seven minutes. Nice, not speeding, not doing anything crazy, just seven minute drive to the to the base. And I could get up, I'd have, you know, my uniform would be in my truck from the night before. And I'd have like three, well, I usually had like four uniforms in the truck just because I was always dropping them off and dry cleaning and picking them up. Uh, but all my PT clothes and all that, I put them on, put my shoes on and shave, shower. You know, I didn't shower in the morning cause we were about to go just sweat for 20 hours straight, but I'd shave, brush my teeth, out and slide out of the house like a ninja, get to the Valley High Gate, and realize I left my cat card upstairs. <laughs> and be like, and so I can't tell you how many times I was like begging the gate guard, being like, dude, 
here's my here's my campaign hat. The cat cards upstairs in the computer. Uh, I don't have my running shoes. I left those upstairs too. I'm in freaking socks. Like, come on, man. He'd be like, you got to go to, you got to go to the other gate. And I was like, God dang it. So I'd drive all the way around, go to the other gate, roll into roll call and be like, you know, call the call CQ and be like, Hey, tell, tell them, tell them to set my shoes outside. Go tell, <laughs> you know, I'd have like seven pairs of running shoes inside the flight office. None at the house. I can't tell you how many times I like shit up the roll call and Crocs. <laughs> I, rem- I remember like probably two or three times you were like, shit, I got to go to the BX and buy new shoes or I don't have any socks. I got to go buy socks. Yeah. yeah. That one piece uh, of clothing items you, you didn't have. I brought shit from the trainees one time. You have to, yeah. you know, and you could always tell like when an instructor was wearing trainee socks because they were wearing the, the tall white socks. <laughs> yeah. You're like, remember, hey, nice, nice socks there, buddy. I remember yeah. getting yelled at by a TI a couple times. Like, one time I was bring you were on CQ and I was bringing you lunch, and I'm like in ABUs and like a fleece and super pregnant. You remember this? Yeah. And I like brought you food and I turned to leave and I'm like halfway across the pad, like out the CQ office, and someone's just like raising hell behind me. And I turned to look and they were like, "You didn't hear me yelling at you? Like, who the fuck are you? Like, what are you even talking about?" He's like, where'd you get that jacket hat? That's not authorized. Motherfucker, I am nine months pregnant. Why are you talking to me right now? Like, um, but then the other time where it was just like, I was going into clothing sales because I forgot my hat at home and I was buying one. And it was Sarah Anderson, actually. And she was just screaming at me. And I was like, ma'am, why the hell do you think I'm walking into clothing sales right now? Like, do you think I'm running around where I know all these TIs are with no hat for like funsies? And she was like, you don't need to be going... Well, what do you explain to me what you would do in this situation? <laughs> like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm gonna walk away now. Thank you. Goodbye. But damn old Sergeant a... Anderson, I remember her. Oh, she was great. She, she called me bad lose. Bad lose. Oh, <laughs> bad lose. I get it. C- couldn't do nothing right. Bad lose. She was. Uh, she was my introduction to female MTIs at, at the unit there at the 326 because. As a student, I was pushing out of her dorm. Uh, she was on leave or something like that. So it was we, all pink. <laughs> yeah, she we, was on. She was. She had a baby. That's what it was. I remember she was pregnant when I first got there. Oh, and really? Then she like disappeared. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we picked up her flight, and we. It was like my first zero to two. Uh, so it was her. Her flight. Her office. Yeah, her flight office was fucking pink. Like all of it was it, pink. The walls was. were pink. The staplers. Yes. The paper clips. The whole nine yards. It was pink. I would tell people, it's like, you know how hard it is to fucking yell at a trainee in a pink office <laughs> and a high heel for your, for your fucking phone? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she came back to take over the flight, and uh, I didn't know she was coming back. Uh, but she like she was like banging on the door, and I'm like in there making corrections in the dorm, and then uh, I was like, who the fuck is coming in right now? And she came in, and all I hear is, Open the door, you dumbass. Hey, you fucked that up, dumbass. Get on the floor, dumbass. <laughs> I was like, who the hell is this? Oh, that's just Sergeant Anderson blowing shit up. I was like, oh, man, I like her. <laughs> that's um, funny. It was a good time. All right, so were you – if you had to tell somebody to watch out for one person in BMT, who would it be? Uh, that's uh, – That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, where I'm going with is 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 I would take I would take I would I would take a snake pit full of male instructors than to get single handedly chastised by a female instructor for five minutes because them them ladies are mean. Yes, I've never the the, the air like. The, oh, oh, so you're talking to meanest, like if I, if you were a trainee. I, no, just anybody in general. Oh, like, okay. Female instructors are the meanest people on the face of the earth. They I are. mean, think about it. Think about it. Just naming one, Sergeant Gonzalez. Oh my god. <laughs> she was she was my teammate for the longest time, and uh, it was the it was the hardest thing in the world to have to do is to watch this like five foot two, one hundred and ten pound female just rip people and me just go up to him and be like, Hey, it's okay. It's gonna be all right. You know, like, yeah, like, like she's, she, she is like the meanest person, but she's, the, she's the nicest person I know, but she is. And then, you know, here's the other one. Uh, the BMT, you know, the NTIS commandant, you know, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to say any names. About uh, anybody yeah. Anybody I, else, yeah. If I'm thinking of the same, you know one. who I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she wrote this up when we were in MTIS. Uh, she called one of she called one of our uh, uh, one of our students not students one of our classmates. She's like, "You're fucking fat. <laughs> you need to lose some weight. You look shitty in your blues." <laughs> and you're just sitting there going, "I already heard it, man. They 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 told me that via email oh, before yeah. I got here." Yeah. I remember you guys had like a a foreigner in your yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, like he was a, he was from South Korea. Guy. Yeah, he was a South Korean army. And I remember him saying, "Like everyone here is so mean." <laughs> Like, bro, you're from Korea, and you think people hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uh, she made her introduction to us. The uh, it was the first week of MTIS, and we were doing open ranks, and that's when she just ripped that dude apart. She was like, "You look like shit. I can't believe you were, you were selected to come down here." I was like, "Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is she gonna tell me?" Uh, and the worst part is, we volunteered for that shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. So when I volunteered and I was telling people, like, yeah, I'm going down there, and uh, I was asking for letters of recommendations and whatnot, and then this one, uh, he was a major, I think, uh, he was telling me, he's like, hey, I have some buddies that were MTIs, and you just need to prepare yourself because it is a, a cutthroat business down there. And I was like, I'm thinking like, no, it's like MTI core camaraderie. It's going to be the greatest, right? You're, you're, you're pushing airmen, you're pushing flights. And he was just telling me all this. I was like, yeah, whatever. And he wasn't lying. As soon as we got there, it was just super cutthroat and just a fucking, I want to say like a toxic environment. It was super toxic. Like it was, it was not there. And don't get me wrong. I loved every minute of it. I loved everything about it. You know, the time I spent there was probably the best time I had in the entire Air Force. And the the people, but it's it's a uh, it's a culture of individuals who who you know it. I I put it like this: like there goes Siri again on my watch, just barking at me. <laughs> you know, when 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 you get there. These people, because I mean, like when we got there, right? It was one instructor per flight, and you were that was it. And it was like you go zero to eight with you and your teamie, and yeah. that was it. Zero to eight, you and your teamie. Zero to eight, you know. And then it got to the point where Manning was so bad that 
your your one week off that you were supposed to like work a couple CQ shifts and everything else. You're in zero week pick, picking up another flight. So mm-hmm. you would have like a you drop your fifth week of training flight off at at at, at uh, Beast, and then you're picking up a zero week flight, and you're getting in through. And then you're picking your flight back up and you got to go through all your six week of training evaluations and everything. You're like, Oh my God, like there's, there's no stop to this monster. Yeah. Right. Uh, There's no way that, you know, there's no, it was, it was, it was so physically demanding on that part. And so you had nobody to depend on, you know, your, your, your section supervisors were there, but they're, they've already ran through that gauntlet. They're, yep. you know, they're working, they're pretty much Cadillac shift and, and making sure that the, the, the operational mission of the squadron is happening. And, and it was just you and your teamy and 120 bright eyed, bushy tailed people that have no idea, you know, they depend on you for everything. Get them to chow on time, get them to their classes, make sure that they don't freaking try to hang themselves in the bathroom and, you know, just all kinds of craziness. And, and so to be able to depend on somebody, you need to make sure that this person's dependable because there are some instructors that sucked. Like, and I gotten teamed up with a bunch of them and I'm like, dude, you're making my life miserable. You know, like not only is it miserable because I'm here from the butt crack of dawn to midnight, you're making my life miserable the, the whole way through. So I can see where, you know, the instructors have to kind of like, you got to kind of earn your keep. Like, are you going to be a, a dirtbag instructor? Are you going to be somebody that, you know, that people can depend on? Like, am I not going to have to just pull my weight? I'm going to pull your weight too. Yeah. Um, but it didn't have to be as like it, it, when we first got there, it was pretty bad and it was starting to tail off. Like they were, they were making fixes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until they brought in, brought in all the captains to, to run the, the sections that I didn't see a huge change. Once they got there, they were like, we're not doing roll call at four o'clock. <laughs> we're changing that right now. Yeah. They didn't want, you know, the, those captains did not want to be there at 4 a.m. Yeah. So now, now Revely's at, 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 at 4.45 or what was it? 5.45. Yeah. yeah they pushed it back an like, hour. And then what was the... What was the first thing that we all did as instructors? What are you talking about? Oh, started when they when we were bitching oh, the moment. Oh like, yeah, this is bullshit. No. Why are we doing? This? Why are we changing this? You know, you're right. We didn't want to change anything, and uh, uh, so I'll tell you how I felt about it. Y- yes, I complained to you uh, about all the changes that they were making, and I think it had to do a lot with uh, with ownership. At least for me, was ownership and the quality of training. Uh, so with all the changes coming through, even though they were like better for instructors and quality of life drastically changed for instructors and it was a lot better environment for us, uh, that the training I think suffered because of it. So no longer are they waking up at 4:45. Now it's 5:45, and it's like okay, you guys are uh, are getting it easy now. And then um, like chows, like hey, we got to let them eat for at least 10 minutes before we start pushing them out the door. Uh, those things, and then taking shifts as MTIs. So it's like, hey, you have your flight, but you also have another MTI coming in that's that's going to spell you um, for like the evening shift or maybe the first part of the morning shift, you know, to so you can actually have a life now. But all of us pushed back on it. I pushed back, and I was like, no, this is my fucking flight. Like, I train them the way I train them. They're going to be good airmen, like not what somebody else is going to train them. 
um, and I don't want anybody else to mess with that. Uh, so that's that's how I felt about it. But without being able to see like, yes, uh, having somebody come in and backfill me will be good for me. Not having to be here at four in the morning will be good for me. It was just the like you said, the bitching and complaining, like, oh, this is bullshit. Why are we doing this? Uh, I was very uh, short sighted. Yeah, and and then you know the the when they they you know they brought in all the instructors like hey all these all these technical mass sergeants that they brought in and they were forcing them to be there. Yeah, I think that was the that was probably the the hardest thing. You know, like don't get me wrong, uh, a technical sergeant and a mass sergeant understands the Air Force mission better than better than probably you know staff sergeants do. Yeah, um, and and we'll get the job done, but. It's a grueling, demanding job, and to force somebody to go in there, you're not going to get the uh, you're not going to get the the product from that person per se as good as you would from somebody that that chose to be there. Like we chose to be there, yeah. and so uh, yeah, it sucks. Let's get it done. Let's do it right. Um, it, two completely mindsets going in, right? Somebody that volunteers and somebody that's voluntold you're always going to get uh, a better product from the, the volunteer than so much the, the voluntold. Now that, you know, that's not always a hundred percent true or accurate, Yeah. but that's how I kind of looked at it. And I could see it, you know, I got teamed up with, uh, I got teamed up with a, a master sergeant and, you know, I'd make a correct, like I'd, I'd come in in the morning and get them through all everything in the morning. And then because I was the team chief on the flight, I'd have everything spelled out the afternoon and then i'd come in in the morning and none of the stuff that i needed done was done yeah and i was in a tight spot right i'm i mean i was a, just a, a a lonely little old staff sergeant and i'm sitting here having to tell a, a mass sergeant with 16 years of service like hey you suck <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're fucking it up was a, it was a, it was a fine line like hey mass sergeant like don't don't do that again i need you to follow the the SOP I got written out, right? Like there's a, there's a training standard that has to be achieved and there's a short amount of time to get it done. And she was like, I remember I, I, I got, it was, you know, it was probably summer, hot, sweaty, disgusting, just probably like second week of training, you know, when all shit's hitting the fan. And, and I was like, I was like, my start, this can't happen anymore. Like you cannot continue to not do this. And she was like, hold up, listen here, staff sergeant. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me go to parade rest. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know? But even that was a change from the BMT that we arrived at to the one we left. Because when we got there, like, it didn't matter what rank with you were. It was more like positional authority or experience authority uh, uh, there at BMT. Because, like, Hicks, he was a senior airman. But then you have instructors, techs, staffs, techs, and whoever else that were like standing at at attention for him because he was the MDC, and he later yeah. he later became a, a blue rope or whatever, and all it it didn't matter like the rank it was just like the position you were in and the role that you were filling, that's what mattered, and like if you sucked at the job you you were to get told by a senior airman to a master sergeant that you fucking suck and you need to fix it no if ands or but uh, buts about it. But then towards the tail end of it, it kind of went back to like, hey, normal Air Force ranks, uh, priority rank structure type deal. Just like you're talking about. 
yeah <laughs> i was like look no and so then from that point forward it was like ma'am can we just talk like person to person like team chief to to team member or how do i need to go about approaching this and she was like look if i'm if i'm fucking up let me know i'm fucking up but let's remember that you're staff sergeant and yeah. master and i was like absolutely so from that point forward it was like emails <laughs> i just i would just email her like here here's everything you need to know yeah um or i would go down and uh i i let i let my is take care of it It'd be like hey just uh i need to get this stuff done this is what's going on i need your help and you know the IS would take care of it. So I, I was like, I can't, I can't just jump into that situation again. I'm not going to, you know, and, and granted, you know, she is a master sergeant. She's been in the air force for twice, if not longer than I have. And I need to respect that. But you know, when uh, I show up the roll call and get questioned, like, Hey, you know, staff sergeant, why is this not done? Why is this not done? Why, why is this not done? Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't know. Why don't you go ask the master sergeant? And, and you're called out in front of everybody. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just the way that you're brought up. Like I remember uh, being in student status, and we go to the BX, and everybody's at the fucking BX, and my trainer's like, "Hey, you need to go make some corrections." I was like, "That's a fucking lieutenant colonel right now. I'm not gonna go tell him to fix his button." She's, they're like, "Yeah, you are." Hey, sir. <laughs> like, hey, sir. Shit. You need to button your pants, sir. Hey, sir. Oh man, and that's that's exactly what it was. But then. I mean, on the good side, it's like you get over that uh, that embarrassment feeling of making a correction with doesn't matter who it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it was weird. It was it was a different culture and, and the shift. Uh, unless you were there, it's hard to exp- it, like to explain the shift from 2012 to 2016. Whenever we took off, because that split was like right in the middle. Uh, 2014 was at least for me from what i remember was like that breaking point where everything just fucking changed uh after yeah. after everything that went down because all that stuff went down in 2011 and it was barely catching up uh to where we were at in 2012 and then 2013 like they were trying to change the rules but us being stubborn instructors were just like no we're going old school and then until they started cracking down and people were going to to jail left and right and uh, they started enforcing all the fucking rules. Critique boxes. You remember critique boxes? Yeah. Name wound up in there a couple times. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I got my, my rights read to me because of those things quite a few times. It was it was funny, man. We were uh, – so this was before I went to, to War Skills. They uh, – I got called down to the first sergeant's office, like over the box, like, you know, big announcement. Staff are going to report to CQ. Staff are going to report to CQ. And I was like, fuck. You know, like every time you hear that, you're like, son of a bitch. So yep. I'd go hop chopping down there and I'd go CQ and, and they'd be like, hey, the the shirt needs to see you. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, the, the, the shirt needs to see you. And I was like, my heart just instantly started going. And I'm like, motherfucker. So I poked my head into my eyes' office and said, hey, I just got called the shirt's office. I didn't do anything wrong. He's like, just go see what he needs. So I go over there. And the first time it happened, he was like, Hey, we need you to go piss on a cup. I need your, your ID card. And I was like, okay, that's it. And he's like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, all right, cool. So I gave the shirt, my, my ID card. And I went down to, to take a piss. I came back and you know, all this other stuff. Uh, but the second time it happened, 
you know, I was like, you need my ID card again? He goes, yeah, but I need you to go to this building. And I was like, what building is that? And he goes, the, I need you to go to the Air Force Office of Special Investigations <laughs> building. And I was like, like instantly, like turned bright white or pale white. I don't even know. I felt like I was going to pass out. And I was like, what the fuck? The, instantly, my brain just instantaneously goes into what the fuck did you do? Yep. Like, I didn't touch anybody. I didn't shove anybody in a dryer. Um, I didn't make anybody like I let everybody eat their chow for as long as they want. Like I'm like sitting there like going, what the fuck happened? Like I didn't touch, like I didn't get too close to a female trainee. Like what? Nobody's you know, drinking like, toilet like, water. <laughs> I'm like instant. Like all these things are like running through my brain. He's like, just relax. Here's give me your ID card. Report over there. So I go over there, and I walk into that. I don't know. If, I don't remember if you remember it, but you know, remember where the gym was. It's like one of those buildings by, I don't remember. It's one of those old school buildings that just yeah. said Air Force Office Special Investigations. Yeah. Front. I remember it was like building 9-11. And so <laughs> Perfect. I go in, I go in and there's like a 10 by 10 room with a red light and that's it. And like a telephone It's like, call this number. So I call this number. I said, hey, this stuff's aren't doing. I was told by my first sergeant report here and like, all right, we'll be with you in a minute. I'm sitting in this room for like an hour. And I'm just sweating profusely, <laughs> freaking out. And finally, some dude pokes like some dude in like a suit pokes his head out the door, and he's like, "Hey, you steps aren't going." I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "All right, come with me." And he like flips the switch, and this red light—it wasn't on when I got there, but when I like walked in, this red light was like flashing. And I was like, "What the hell's up with the red light?" And he was like, "We just anybody that's not supposed to be in this building, we turn that light on so we don't talk about like." I was like, okay, that's cool. So, do I need to get a lawyer? He was like, no, 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 no. Like, you're cool. You're cool. And I was like, it doesn't feel like I'm. That's cool how they get you, man. I'm in. I'm in your office right now. Like, are we sure? He's like, listen, has nothing to do with basic training. And now I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? I was like. Is it, did I leave a gun in my car? What? Like, what is going on? You know? And so they take me into this conference room. These two dudes sit down. They're like, hey, we're so-and-so and so-and-so with Office Air Force Special Investigations. And I was like, yeah, I know where I'm at. I just need to know why the why am I here? And they were like, oh, nobody told you? And I was like, no. They're like, oh, this is just a random, like, anti-terrorist, like, interview. And I was like, what? What and they the were like, fuck? I, he's like, look, I got a list of questions. Most of them are yes or no answers, and then you'll be on your way. And so I'll never forget. It was like one of the questions was like, have you ever had any type of relationship with anybody of the Asian descent? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. Like, do you know anybody that's got like a girlfriend who says that they could be Korean or a girlfriend that says that they're Japanese? And I was like, can we please start making some sense here? And he's like, listen, Chinese spies like to impersonate like Japanese girls or Jap, you know, Korean girls and these airmen getting like relationships with them. But really they're spies for China. And I was like, what? Oh, and then, you know, it was like a completely different, different situation there. But I was there for like three hours shit in my pants because I thought I was about to go to jail. <laughs> I had to do those when I was at Lackland. They ask you, like, do you drive the same way to work every day? Like, all the, the same shit. Like, 
and you know I was the one while I was freaking out the most and I'm like I just want to make this very clear I don't know this person because your one friend who was like oh, yeah, yeah. married to the Russian who he met in Korea and she has a daughter that only speaks Korean she only speaks Russian nobody in the house speaks the same language I'm like look that whole family's fucked but like I know them <laughs> and I just don't like I have no they work with my husband <laughs> uh that was a wild ride oh so good i'm not the only one because i literally thought i was going to jail that day like but i knew i, I was going there i was told it was a, yeah he, an interview you had no idea man that's <laughs> fucked up like i the, think the i think they know like, what they're give doing your, give me your cat card and report to this building and i was like okay but we also like like, have clearances so we work in like the classified space so like i wasn't freaked out about the light or anything because like in our buildings you know if somebody who comes in doesn't have a clearance we flip the light so no nothing's talked about um like uncleared people so like none of that stuff freaked me out but i could see how if you didn't know anything going on you'd be like oh shit i'm going to jail (laughs) i'm just a lonely old generator mechanic we don't deal with any of that stuff (laughs) that's funny yeah, but oh, fuck, God. especially in BMT during that time, anytime you had to go to a different building, you don't know what's up, it's it'll fucking stop your heart. You don't know what's about to go down. Thought, I'm sure the shirt just laughed the whole time. Like he just <laughs> like as soon as I gave my ID card and walked out, he just laughing. Like got him. That's a real on, asshole move. move. <laughs> come on, man. That's funny. So fucking crazy hey man but uh we're coming up on an hour uh, shit like an hour and 15 minutes here so i think we can uh wrap it up for today well i hey i really do appreciate you guys having me on you guys are killing it man i've been i've been listening to y'all's podcast for for quite some time now so absolutely killing it y'all y'all have a, a great thing going keep it up i'll keep listening uh i'm waiting for i'm waiting for the one with uh sergeant lyle yeah that one so that, that one that one's coming out tomorrow uh, Sweet, his, yeah, his will be out there. That was a good one too. He's <laughs> Sergeant Lyles. He's a trip, man. Nothing's uh, changed. Yeah, he's Zero he's the same change. old Sergeant Lyles as as he was back in BMT. Well, I hope I hope I did good, man. I was, you know, I told Chris and I was like all excited. I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on a podcast. She goes, what? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna be on a podcast. <laughs> and she goes, a what? She doesn't listen to these things, but uh, I was like, yeah, it's just it's cool. It's just you know, shooting the shit with a buddy of mine. And he's going to record it and put it on the internet. So, <laughs> real simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was a lot of fun, man. It was good catching up with you. Uh, we'll do it again if uh, if you're interested, man. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Just let me know and, and we'll get it scheduled up. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to go sit out in my truck because this is like the only quiet place in my house. <laughs> I feel that. The, the shit you have to deal with when you have a family. <laughs> oh, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All right, then, man. Well, hit us up when you're here this week. Maybe we can do dinner or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, it'll be Tuesday. I'll probably get there Tuesday, and then we got to probably come home Wednesday night. Um, oh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you guys up. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going out of town, but I should be back Tuesday evening. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just shoot me a text, man, and if you got some time, we, we can uh, sync up and have some dinner, have a drink or something. That'll work. All right, brother. It was good talking to you. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll see you, see man. Ya. Bye. All right. There you have it, everybody. Don't forget and head over to the website at www.villehousepodcast.com and subscribe for the newsletter so you can get up to, 
or be up to date with uh, all the blog posts that come out and whenever a new episode comes out um, and maybe some other stuff. Who knows? Um, wherever you are listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a review, preferably a five-star review because it helps the podcast continue to grow. And um, like us on Facebook. And that, I have nothing else for you, babes. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see you all next week. Later.